Welcome to NPI Tech Guys, your go-to radio show for cutting-edge managed IT services. Are you tired of unresponsive, slow service from your current IT provider? Discover a world where network security, data protection, and expert support come together seamlessly. Stay tuned to learn how to transform your IT experience and never worry about downtime again. Call us at 866-986-NEWS. And let's make IT great together. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow tech enthusiasts. This is Tech Watch, where we keep it on tech so you don't have to. We also have the phrase, let tech serve you, not own you. And in that vein, it is indeed travel season. Welcome to the show, Jay. Hey, Sam. How's it going? Fantastic. I've been traveling a ton. You travel Many more than have anybody well. I know, Sam. <laughs> Almost. I You're always not. on the road. Come on, there's people that there's people that are on the road way more than me, but I do travel more than the average Joe, that's for sure. Uh, and interestingly enough, there's a lot of tips when it comes to travel to make sure you're not the next victim, Jay. There are. Um, but one of the interesting travel analogies, and this was from a Krebs on Security thing, he said uh, tourists give themselves away by looking up, and m- most network intruders kind of do a similar thing. So, you know, when you're in a city and you, if you live there, you, you've seen it every day, you don't care. But if you see somebody walking down the street and they're just gawking at the skyscrapers and they're looking up and, you know, staggering around and running into things. They give themselves away that they're a tourist. And the point that he's making is network intruders do a very similar thing. They go around and they don't act like normal users. So if you put in tripwires and um, canaries and things like this that can look sort of like honeypots, um, they're walking around and they're picking up all of the, you know, you know, digging into things and looking at files and, um, you know, doing commands across the network to see what all's connected, router mapping and these things. And the point that they're making is this is a dead giveaway. And there are uh, tools and behaviors that you can monitor and look for that can give you very, very early on heads up. Like you remember the Sony breach where they, they were in their network for uh, months, even years before they've discovered it, well, if you can look for these kind of patterns, it's kind of a dead giveaway that somebody's in your network uh, up to no good. It is. And one of the ways you can do this is uh, look through logs. And you can find out by telling if a log file, um, you know, is a certain length most days, but yet it becomes very, very long. I know they're going to vary in their in their size somewhat based on the day and based on how much usage and how many logins and connects and disconnects and all kind of things. But you can look if the log all of a sudden exponentially grows, then you know people are doing a lot of extraordinary things that require uh, a lot of logging and things. That's one way that you can tell. Another way, as you mentioned, is from these back doors and honeypots and different things. You can set up things to keep an eye on it. You can set up alarms with utilities that are on the internet that can tell you how many times people are hitting a given port or a given IP address or this and that. And the whole point that we're making, there are ways to really reduce the likelihood that you're the next victim uh, by this. And we'll get into that a a little bit more here in a minute. But I want to talk about kind of the average user and the travel season. And I want to provide a few tips that relate to just, you know, average American, whether they be uh, on the road for work or on the road for uh, fun or both. You know, you really need to watch yourself. Um, That's why using your phone as a hotspot is a great idea. Uh, it's way better to have your hotspot. Yes, somebody can connect into your hotspot, 
But if you turn on your hotspot, use it, and then turn it off, the likelihood of somebody getting in in that narrow window of connectability time is much reduced compared to when you jump on a, a, a Wi-Fi network that's public or something. You have no idea what's going on in that public network. You don't know if people are set up to take advantage of you the second they see you connect or what. So you're always way better off using your own hotspot. That's security kind of 101. That if you use your own hotspot, your likelihood of getting hacked or to have your traffic picked off or used or passwords or keystrokes or anything else taken is much, much, much diminished. So I recommend people spend the money on a hotspot if you use it quite often. Or if you don't, at least use your phone as a hotspot when you're in an airport or a public place, rather than just using whatever hotspots are available to you that you're, whenever you connect to this unknown hotspot, you don't know what you're committing to. When you connect to your own and you pop it up and then use it and then take it down, the likelihood of you getting hacked uh, is way reduced. Uh, and even if somebody does get into your network, the limited use um, increases big time. A man in the middle becomes a lot harder. Uh, the ability to connect and really sniff your traffic and gather information and log all that to sift through and gather passwords or, or, or details decreases. And so I really, number one, recommend a hotspot. I would not use just public networks everywhere, connect to anybody's network anytime, anywhere. It's a little too promiscuous um, to use a strange term, but it applies in IT very well uh, in this case, Jay. That's true. And if you don't have the option of a hotspot, another thing that you can do is run a um, a decent VPN to like like open VPN or something else back to a corporate. If you have to get on on a McDonald's or Taco Bell or some kind of open, you know, hotel Wi-Fi or whatever there. Starbucks, etc. Uh, using a VPN is a good idea. Um, not only either instead of and or in addition to if you now put up your own hotspot and you add your own VPN to it as well, you're creating a double security uh, scenario there as well. So be very careful when you use open uh, hotspots uh, and things like that. Password managers are key to really protecting yourself a lot. There's a lot of little things you can do that can make a tremendous uh, difference. Um, and I bring this up because when you're a tourist, remember, you don't want to let people know things about you that they that will single you out, that'll make you a point of interest. And a great example of that is people take all kinds of pictures and stuff like that. When you put your pictures up on social media, you know, don't make it a known fact. Hey, I'm out of town. <laughs> no one's at my house, by the way. I'm out of town. You know, you mean well by communicating with your loved ones and your people and your fans if you're an influencer or whatever. But what you're really doing is broadcasting things that you may not intend to, that you really don't want people to know real time, Jay. That's right. We call that in security a uh, side table or side channel attack. You're you're releasing information that you never really intended to. And a lot of people, when they're on social media, they have a, a certain target audience in mind. Maybe they're thinking of their loved ones or their friends or whatever, but everybody's connected to that. A lot of people's social media accounts are completely open to the public. And there could be a, there's usually a lot more people on there that are looking at your stuff that you don't even have that in mind. And you certainly aren't thinking in a defense mindset when you're doing that. Now, there is a difference oftentimes when you're Sam Bushman and you travel and you mention that you're out of town. Hey, I'm broadcasting live from this conference or whatever for several reasons. Number one, I have a security alarm uh, tied in where the cops can come in an instant. Uh, I have Smith & Wesson at my house. I've got tons of people at my house. I and mean, I've got between my family, my children and my grandchildren, there's well over 20 plus people. 
And so when I say that I'm gone, don't think for a second anybody who's trying to troll me that nobody's home. Uh, there's people at home and people available and people watching every second when it comes to my situation. Um, I'm, to some degree, as a broadcaster, you know, I'm a little more well-known than the average Joe. So I take security precautions regardless of where I am or not. And you'll never know where I am and where I'm not. But uh, I, the average person needs to be very careful. Time stamps on photos and location stamps, coordinates on photos and everything else. If you're not very careful, can put you in harm's way, which you do not intend you don't want people to know where you're going and where you're coming and your current whereabouts and things. And some of these turning on the location services on your phone and some of those kind of things can become very sketchy in a hurry. One piece of information doesn't seem like much. Oh, well, who cares if they know that I just went to the store at this place? You're right. But it's that concatenating of information together that builds a picture, a dossier, a pattern where you are, where you're not. All these things can then be backed into a lot of data, a dossier that you may not want, and it can and will come back to haunt you many times. I find that um, really important to kind of highlight. Be careful what information you release to who. When you use uh, public connectivity, be very careful of how you use it. Um, be very careful that you are logged out of services. Be very careful that you don't have open uh credit card information or open passwords or you know connectivity to certain websites and the more that you have open the more in jeopardy you become jay that's right that stuff stacks and um can just leave you open again it, it, somebody who's looking for clues and gathering those together um they can put together a lot more information than you think is out there just in ones and two pieces as they put it together So going back to um, this um, thing about people getting into networks and kind of acting like tourists as we're talking about travel. Um, yes. He says some of the things to look for uh, in logs are uh, commands like show config, show route, show interface, show ARP table. These are the kind of things that users aren't going to uh, necessarily be putting in. You know, maybe an IT guy if he's troubleshooting something. But that should be but you an and admin your team. guy usually is inside the firewall when he's doing this, or he has special credentials or ways to document when it's him. There's ways to determine when is it your IT staff versus when is it not. Watch for off hours, out of hour windows. Um, you know, usually there's patterns for IT guys to do different things. Make sure your pattern varies so they don't know and can't mimic your patterns. There's a lot to that too, Jay. Um, yeah. And part of it just has to do with kind of pretexting, knowing what people do in their behavior. And that's why I spent so much time at the beginning of this discussion um, really talking about your behavior. Be very careful that your behavior is not too patterned so that it, you know anybody can pattern themselves after you, making it you. They find out you're out of town, you're the IT guy, they log in right when you would normally do your checks and they do it. Now nothing seems out of the norm, but exactly. it is. And so it's that kind of stuff, Jay. And there's a company called Thinks that makes these um, boxes called Canaries. And they make it very, very simple to put all kinds of like honeypots and, and things on your network to look for this kind of activity. Now, they are very expensive. I think a, a set of like five of these Canaries costs $7,500 a month or a year. So they're not cheap. They're more for bigger enterprises and stuff. But they even recommend it all the way down for small business if you can afford it. But one of the nice things that they've done, and this is kind of why I wanted to highlight this, is they've got a website called canarytokens.org. And there they put up some open source, um, simple things that you can put together 
like a, a web URL token or a DNS token and AWS token, different things that you can do if you want to do this on your own. Now they make it simple with their thing and I'm not, we're not getting paid or it's not a sponsorship or anything. It's just kind of a cool thing that they, that they put out. Uh, it reminds me of like the screenly people who have a, uh, uh, digital sign thing. So they have a whole system where they can manage a bunch of these units all tied together. But you, if you just want to do one or play with one, you can do an open source one for free. Um, anyway, it's a cool idea. I like the idea of people putting together these um, files in different locations and stuff that are just sitting out there, and they're kind of the tripwire, the alarm system, that if anybody starts looking at this document or opens it or, or tries to manipulate it or save it off the network, it, it gives you a, an early warning red flag that something's going on that shouldn't be. It's a heads up big time. And if you feel like you can handle this kind of stuff, give that URL out again, Jay. Uh, it is canarytokens.org. So C-A-N-A-R-Y tokens.org. If, on the other hand, you feel like it's not something that you can handle on your own, you know what? Get a hold of your local IT team uh, that puts together this podcast because, you know what, they can always help you. Uh, they're not there just uh, to hang out and whatever. We're here to really not only bring ideas and thoughts and information on tech to you, but we're here to help you carry out your tech needs dreams expectations etc so we bring this up we don't want to just say oh it's panic time you're you're you know in bad shape because of all these problems and security issues we're telling you that here's the way you can solve them yourselves and if you have the gumption the time the know-how the desire the whatever by all means have at it on the other hand if you feel like you want a little bit of help you've got a friend in the it business that's who we are that's what we do we want to tell you about the biggest hack of the year it's called move it ladies and gentlemen Move it is the biggest hack of the year by the numbers they say. You say, what the heck is move it, Sam? Well, we're going to give you the details. Um, they call it a mass exploitation of the move it transfer software has radically cemented itself or cemented itself as the largest hack of the year so far. Um, the whole deal will probably be untold for quite some time, but there are over a thousand victims of it already. Um, and so a cybersecurity company, uh, EMIsoft, really makes this move it breach big time. It's one of the largest in recent history, they say. Um, I guess there was a zero-day vulnerability discovered in the move it transfer, in the transfer service. Thousands of organizations use this software or this system to move large amounts of, listen carefully, often sensitive data across the internet. And this critical vulnerability, a lot of attackers, specifically uh, the nor um, notorious CLOP ransomware and extortion gang or group, if you will, to uh, raid the move it transfer servers and steal customers' sensitive data stored um, <clears throat> within the system this is serious jay this is not something small this is high tech and big time it is serious but the sad part of this as i understand it is this is an sql injection attack this has been around and kind of known for a long time and it's something that their team really should have fixed this has been it kind of was discovered in june it's been going on there's a lot of hacks from it um but this has sort of been solved and people um, either they just didn't realize or they just thought that nobody would find it. I don't know, but it, it's not like a brand new, uh, clever thing that was just discovered. It's kind of an, an old tool that the malware guys have had out for a long time.
You're right about this. Now, they say 1,000-plus customers got hacked on this. It affects over 16 million people. You got German victims. You got Canadian victims. You got U.S. victims. This is all over the world, Jay, too. Even government-contracted services were caught in the breach this time, Jay. Yeah, there's a lot of people being affected by this, a lot of countries, too. We're talking about um, hackers accessed protected health information, including Social Security numbers, uh, as many as 11 million. Uh, the Virginia-based company said at the time that it had not even determined the exact number of individuals affected to date. Well, just some of them include um, the BBC, the United States Department oh. of Energy, uh, British Airways, Boots. Uh, there's a lot of big players here that have been affected by this even the louisiana motor vehicles got caught up in this the colorado department of health care policy the department of transportation of different places i mean about a third of the hosts running this move it servers belong to financial service style organizations jay this isn't just a hack of oh my gosh they took our company files this is financial data social security numbers health information this is serious big time in terms oh, yeah. of uh, one it's a hack but two the data that got caught in this hack is real sensitive private information yeah it's not good it's not good 50 percent related to health care uh a significant 8.9 percent information and technology groups 7.5 percent were government and even military groups uh, this is just amazing of what we're seeing on this thing it is kind of shocking to me about how um i don't know really what to say about it how detailed this becomes and on one hand you say you know what it's an sql attack it is but it's um bigger than that because a lot of people believe if you just go to the cloud, you're going to be okay, Jay. And we're learning that, yes, the cloud can offer protection because a lot of these companies have greater uh, firewalls and protections and IT services, and they set up a lot of this protection we talked about early in the show today. But sometimes they don't, and when they don't, it, the catastrophe becomes even bigger, Jay. You do. You when, you when you go to the cloud, it's more convenient. It's good for backup. There's a lot of things that make it better, but you really open up your attack surface to the world versus hosting your own things locally and keeping it locked down uh, yourself. There's a balance. We talked about this in previous programs where there's going to be a balance. Everybody thinks that sometimes that the cloud is the answer to everything, but it's, it isn't always, and sometimes it makes it worse. you got to find the right people, um, and you got to remember that this is a cat-and-mouse game, Jay. No matter who um, you know is dealing with this stuff, you got to just find the people who you believe are dedicated to it and who will do the very best they can. That doesn't mean that something bad won't happen to them either, but you reduce the likelihood by people that are up on this every day all the time. And that's why an IT team is so valuable and important and necessary in your small business uh, or even your family's personal life. If you think, mm, I'm too small to get hacked, that you're wrong. Uh, and you need to realize that um, it can save you, even though you feel like it might cost a chunk of money right now. It's like, oh, man, that's kind of expensive to have this protection, to have this not compared to a massive breach, it's not. You know, when your health information is on the dark web or your personal social security number or your credit cards or your this or that, sometimes the recovery from that is incredibly 
expensive, and especially if ransomware is involved. I don't encourage paying ransomware at all. Don't do it. Back your stuff up to where the worst that happens is you nuke it and have to rebuild. Uh, don't put yourself over a barrel, but find the right people to do the backups and to put in place the protections, knowing that it's a cat and mouse game and knowing that once in a while everybody's going to get burned uh, because it's a, it's, a, it's a constant battle. But if you find the right people in the right places that are dedicated, you can mitigate the risk. You'll never reduce the risk to zero, but you can absolutely mitigate it. You can absolutely reduce it. You can absolutely put systems and, and processes and et cetera in place uh, to make sure that you're uh, not the low-hanging fruit, that you're actually, um, you know, running under the radar and that you're as protected as you can be. Uh, that's kind of the invitation to everyone today. Thanks so much. This is Tech Watch Radio.